Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where backing books are resumed but not raised by yours. My name is Kaki, and I'm Kay, and remember, we only just invite And we find ourselves once more among the towering stacks of your library, and, and, and Kay, I find myself in a bit of a, a sticky situation. If you could what? No, follow the sound like, of my voice, I'm over here. Yes. Doesn't the high life I'm, agree with uh, you? Well, <laughs> it did for a while, but you didn't find the beehives, did you? Not the, no, I, this, is, this is pure hubris on I'm my here. part, here I am. Where are you? Here, Where, follow the sound of my voice. <laughs> it's great foley work there, I'm sure everyone really <laughs> enjoys it. I'm, I'm here, I'm let me visually describe what you're seeing here, just for the benefit yes, of the I'm not quite sure what I can make <laughs> yeah, out of it no. myself. Do you remember how last time we talked about uh, the Velibra raptors, yes. a, a species that I was, I was intent on hunting, and that you turned out to already know about, and you suggested the glue traps? Yes. Well, I'm stuck in the glue traps because these are oh. some... Oh, there's some cunning little bastards. Oh, the uh, tiny ones. Look, long story short, I'm stuck in some glue traps. Okay. And how are we going to solve this Let as a team? Let me come help you and get you out of that. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, sorry, I mean... Ow! Thank you for helping me out of that. You're welcome. Wow, that was... That was potentially like upwards of five minutes of improv comedy that we you, just skipped there. I think you left a bit of skin on that glue trap there. Uh, let's bygones be bygones and let's just move on with the episode, I guess. I've got to say, excellent Foley work. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. So, so what, do we, what do we have in store for our, our readers at home today? Right, we are uh, reviewing a 1950s young adult science fiction book. It's called The Secret of the Martian Moons by Donald A. Wolheim. Ooh, that's Wolheim, a... Yeah, Wolheim, Wolheim. That sounds like a Project Paperclip name, doesn't it? Yeah, it does a bit. So it's a, it's a, it's a lovely, like, old-fashioned science fiction uh, uh, cover. Absolutely. We are Who was like... the... Do you remember the name of the, comic, the cover artist that we made up that one time and then... And, and then never referenced again. Do you remember how it was going to be a, a running gag? Thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this one's by mm. the same person. Wuthering Lancelot! Oh my god! I can't oh, believe absolutely. This, is this is definitely... Is I mean, yes. you can see it, right? I mean, he clearly has absolutely no idea how spacesuits work, nor how knees work, apparently, considering <laughs> the fact that this, this bendy person. They look like, a, like the hinge in a, in a drinking straw. It is a bit. So we have a, we have a, a sexy ginger like Chris Pine yes. from, uh, uh, you know, Captain Kirk from Star Trek. Absolutely. Uh, in a, in a, in a spacesuit. And oh, those blue eyes! He's the last of the space gingers, and he's and he's standing in an alien landscape with uh, with stars above oh. him. Yes, Mars in the background. Uh, I assume that, like he's uh, considering the title, I assume he's standing on one of Mars's moons. And beyond that are some towers of space guano. Oh yes, they're these stalagmites, stalactites. What is it? A stalactite Mites. hangs tight to the ceiling, and stalagmite might poke you in the bum. I never heard the English version of that. I know the Dutchman and the oh, how's it go? A tita die hangen. Tits hang. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess it. it works in English as well. Yes. So we've got uh, we've got a starscape. Yes. I, actually, oh, this can be one of the moons because I see that in the in the background. Is, yes. There's another moon, so then yeah. one of them's Phobos and one of them's Dimos. So I guess there's like lots of um, the Martian vampire bats who are like responsible for, for, for the guano mounts. Guano? For the guano? 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 Yeah. guano, Beyond these mountains of space guano, we have this, this domed... Like, it's a, it's a large dome, but only a portion of it seems to consist of glass. It's almost like there's a, a small window in a, in a large spherical. I, I, I yes. found that a lot of the architecture and engineering was, was very nipple-based. All the peaked domes All the peaked that domes. you were getting yes, everywhere. Yes, exactly. A space could, Station Oriole yeah. well, was also... one of the other moons, of course. One of the other moons. Yes. Because, of course, as we all know, Mars has more than two moons. Mars has four moons. Everybody knows that. 
Yes, those are Phobos, Deimos, Giros, and Apropos. And, and the fifth moon, Lesbos. That's the one. Because I can just say this shit. Hold on, I'll just write a note that just says Lesbos, the fifth moon, and then that'll be truth that we're talking about. Thank you for handing me this piece of paper. Everybody just stand by while I write down Lesbos. Lesbos. Well, it is the secret of the Martian moon. It is the secret of the Martian moons. No, you're right. So we've just. I've added this fifth one that you forgot in your notes. Yes. So actually, what happened with Lesbos is that it was originally a Venusian moon. But due to a massive cataclysmic event, it got knocked out of Venus orbit, yeah. slingshotted around Earth, and got captured by Mars. What a good it's, book! It's amazing. This book, The Secret of the all, Martian Moon. And this is yeah. all in the first two paragraphs. <laughs> yes, they are long-ass paragraphs, like uh, 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 Mr. Bulwer Lytton would, uh, would be proud. He semicolon. <laughs> By the way, for our, our readers at home, if you look down at your podcasting device now, you should should be seeing the cover of today's book. And if not, check out the show notes for an imagery link. Our sexy Welsh Chris Pine, the last of the space gingers, is sort of hunched over next to a, a spaceship, and a, a nipple yes. shuttle with a, with a cracked it's canopy. A, uh, it's, it's one of the fine uh, products from the Starbot Corporation. Clearly it's had its like, uh, uh, the side window bashed in by some space muggers, stopped over at the uh, traffic light in front and got uh, the, the, space jacked. The vamp- exactly, he got space jacked. He got dragged out. He had his face bashed on the guano heaps, and now he's lying there with his face plate off. And his uh, his friend Pearson is like seeing the aftermath in shock. They're so shocked that his knees have gone completely bendy. Which one is uh, Pearson Starshank? Pearson totally is, down with Pearson is, our spa- is the last of the is, space gingers. It's the last of the space gingers. That's sexy Chris Pine. Okay, got yes. it. Okay, yeah. Uh, the, uh, and then the his the, poor friend is sitting the on, ground. The, on the ground. Oh yes. Okay. I'm, uh, no, not that one. Shit. Uh, yes, Roman. Roman. Yes. Who went to? Who asked his cousin to go bowling one time too often? That's not the reference I was making. Oh. I'm sure that the readers at home who realise that this book is about Mars and are are fans of other popular uh. podcasts like 99% Invisible, uh, hosted by Roman Mars, appreciate this particular reference. So also on the cover, did man share the universe with a hidden and cunning foe? The explorers on Mars could not confirm their suspicions until two strange satellites revealed the shocking truth. I know that this book was written in the in the in the fifties. That is clickbait. It this is like forty n- years ahead of its time. Clickbait. Isn't that incredible? Like NASA doesn't want you to know about this one weird trick. It's a, it's a classic case of Betteridge's law. When you see a headline right, written in yes. the form of a question, the answer is usually no. Yes. So did man share the universe with a hidden and cunning foe? Yes. Oh they come nev- on. They never. Okay. They never said it was not a human foe. No, that, I know. That's the clickbait part, you know. No, like, yeah, you're, you are right. This woman right. set fire to her house and you... And you'll never burned, guess yeah, what... Never yeah, guess happened. Yeah, it burned down. It, it burned but, down, yeah. yeah. And also there is this face cream that Oprah's fucking shaman recommended. Did you know that they actually have a... In a lot of bookstores these days, they have a table of, like, Oprah recommended this because so many people come in and go like, oh, I want this book. And it's like, yes, what is it? Like, who wrote it? I don't know. Huh. What's the title? I don't know. It was blue. It's like... <laughs> Oprah recommended. Oh, why didn't oh, you say so? It's over on that it's table. Over, over yeah, <laughs> yes. it's one of those. I honestly Title. wonder how often it happens that people walk into a bookshop asking for a book. book just for, a book. Just a book, a recommendation. That I've done that. Could you recommend well, me exactly, a book? Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. I'll go on Twitter and go like, Dear Twitterverse, recommend me something to read. I need yeah. a book. I'm, I'm, I'm bored. I've, I've I have, run out of books. And yeah, like, well, I have $8 I, on, my, on my Amazon uh, uh, budget and I have about 15 minutes before I have to go to bed. So, Well, I wouldn't go to Amazon in that case, but yeah. I thought you were a fan of your Kindle. Oh, I am, but... 
like for 15 minutes before bed and I've got 15 bucks to spend, I've got a better way of finding a way to go to sleep. Well, I, uh, I'm, just, I'm just doing some mental calculus right now because I was thinking of maybe easing us out of the explicit rating on, uh, uh, on iTunes. I'm but sorry, I guess I, you, you, this episode is not, is not the one. Yes, But you know what? Maybe we can provide this service from people. Maybe we, through our thorough reviews of these, of these books, can provide people with... Uh, uh, something they might want to read. Something they might want but to read. Definitely said that it will be a surprise to them when they actually pick up the yes. book that we've reviewed. We guarantee no spoilers. Absolutely. So one day in, when you go into your last remaining bookshop, uh, uh, there might be a shelf of, of Cover My Ass Recommends. or that Cover My Ass. fantastic. Well, I mean, we don't, we don't really recommend books. We well, imagine... Yeah, I think all of that's very generous. Yeah, it's like okay. I mean, I'm sure that like in some parallel universe, our recommendations would like have Oprah-esque like. In an infinite number of parallel universes, there's got to be one where everything we say about these books is correct. Oh, that too. Where we review a book and then suddenly everybody storms into the bookshops to go buy them. Yeah. How does how does that make us any money though? Well, it's like you know, it's like, it's not uncommon for like well-known people to come into a popular show and have the mickey taken out of them, you know? To be, to to be roasted, yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm sure that there's shows where famous or less famous writers offer their books to be completely savaged and, and, and imagined by people who haven't read them. Yes, but, uh, I'm sure that would be real popular among serious authors <laughs> who are already struggling for any recognition or even readership. Something we would never, we would never, we would never do because we are very, we're actually very conscientious about the uh, about the books that we Absolutely. that we choose. Creativity should be treasured and encouraged and enshrined. Yeah. Yes, and yes, exactly. We we celebrate the imagination of our uh, uh, of, the, of the people who write these great books, and in particular of the artists who, like Witherington Lancelot, the the second or the third, it was one of those who Maybe who make both. the cover art. Because where would we be without those those artists? Nowhere. We would have like no no literally we no would be podcast. One of, uh, Pearson Starshine, yep. our uh, and uh, Roman and his good friend Roman and his good friend Roman, whose faceplate has been uh, uh, smashed and he's lying on the ground and uh, uh, mm. and, and Pearson's. Well, he's, uh, he's mighty worried about the whole situation. Although, as you can tell, his attention is clearly not on his friend. It's on probably on, oh, the, yeah. on, on, the, uh, on the podjacker that uh, attacked him. And is, uh, is that one of the space vampires? I can't believe that you made me say these words sometimes. No, I said vampiric space bats. Thankfully, Donald A. Wolheim then it... progressed the plot. So let's, let's, let's see what that was like. Taking a quick lo- look at my notes. Okay, oh, no, go, no, ahead, go on ahead. No, I thought we maybe could talk about the Welsh space program. Our faithful listeners will undoubtedly remember uh, Wasp, the book that we reviewed. Yeah, in which the Welsh uh, Falkland, the Falklands Cold, Cold War, War between yeah. uh, between Wales and Argentina. From which, of course, you need the stickier notes. The they whole, keep falling the off the whole of our Welsh board. The missile program and the, the rockets, and that turned into like the Welsh space program. I mean, Mr. Wolheim is not uh, Blake Whitecock uh, author, but uh, he's We're clearly piling on the references. He's clearly uh, been influenced by their work. And who wouldn't be? I mean, the the, the Blake Whitecock novels are. Famous the world over and famous in all of Welshland. Croisoi Gamri, we appreciate our. Uh, 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 I wonder if we have any listeners in Wales. Oh, I have no idea. So, what was going on here? Yes, it was a podjacking, but not by an, an ancient and hidden foe at this point. It was it was merely more Earth-based competition. This was the Welsh space program versus mm-hmm. the Soviet and the Chinese and yes. the American space programs. All of them trying to race to Mars 
Oh, oh, that's right. That's what happened in the book. Since uh, uh, the commercial exploitation of Mars was, uh, was dawning on the horizon, there was a rebranding effort to make it more appealing because Mars is like, that's a kind of a cool name. Yeah. But nobody wants to live on fear or terror and gyro and, well, apropos maybe. Well, you know what happens in, uh, on, on apropos when they go into the cave, what do they find? Two dead astronauts Ooh, in there. Yes, that's right. Soviet flag. That's right. Apparently, the Soviets made their way to Mars. Uh, and they got there first. A long time ago, indeed. And they didn't tell anybody. So, uh, 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 Pearson Starshine, the, the Welsh astronaut, God, what are we getting ourselves into? Is looking for a, uh, for a place to stash the, 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 the body of his deceased friend Roman before he goes looking for the, uh, the rival astronauts who podjacked his, his spaceship Ariole mm. and deposits him in a cave where he finds out that there are already two human skeletons uh, and a Soviet flag. Taking a quick look at my notes, um, well, the only one that I can grab here that even remotely connects is Sex Bomb. I can I can see from your face that you're wondering. Yeah, you're my sex bomb, baby. You can turn me. I believe that uh, Mr. Tom Jones, the Welsh vocalist of, of of worldwide fame, that when he when he wrote this song with Moose T in uh, in '99, released mm -hmm. on his album Reload, which is me and my mum and my brother, we both, we all really really love this album, and it does have Christmas tradition to put on oh, sex Christmas. bomb. Okay. Yes, by Tom yeah. Jones and sing along I can't together. Imagine why not? <laughs> It, can I, judging, what can I say? But but if you look at the if you look at the lyrics, yeah. um, I'm pretty convinced that he was inspired by uh, the Secret of the Martian Moon by Donald A. 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 Wolheim. Oh. I mean, it was proudly uh, about the uh, the future Welsh space program, and but, you know, you'd think that like it was in the sequels, like the 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 Venetian the, 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 the Venusian the, the Venusian valleys of favorite no the Venusian valleys of Volva oh Veronica Veronica the look Venusian. I've got it here that's the A for the readers at home that's the other Mars reference Veronica Veronica oh, Mars. Yeah. yeah that was a good series actually meanwhile back on Earth we have Captain Gunshy who has run out of his last massive Martian mimosa. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that every other chapter took place on Earth in, in oh yes, where was it? Uh, yes, the, the, the Welsh version of, of Cape Canaveral is, do you want to pronounce it? Uh, Cape Hundar. Landfire. Landfire. The double L is not pronounced. Landfire, yeah. yeah. You know, this is that particular village. Do you right. know that one village with right. that name? Oh, the hole with the train station. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, that one. The, the bend you... in the river by the, by the calmly babbling yep. brook, which has two cows running around it, but not on Tuesdays, in because the, that's when yes. they're having a cup of tea at, at the... At St. Cecilio's uh, Cave, yes. yeah. <laughs> Specifically, right. That one. How many times did you have to practice that? It doesn't matter. Fair enough. So Captain Gunshy, uh, sadly yeah. mimosa-less, which is... Who, who ran out of his last Martian mimosa. Massive yeah. Martian and mimosa. Massive Martian mimosa. Apologies, apologies. So he's the main antagonist, yeah? He's the one uh, uh, opposing the Welsh space program from his home base in... Cardiff. Cardiff it is. 
This is part of the, Jesus Christ, the Welsh Space Civil War, where Welshmen turns against Welshmen. I suppose the Argentinians threw in with the Soviets to make sure that they'd get there first. As oh. a final come up and on top of the Welsh. So those skeletons to... might have been from the Argentinian space program. Yeah, I suppose they had a spare one lying around the Soyuz capsule that they uh, travelled over. Yes, exactly, Argentina. because they're very good spacecraft. Yes, they get you there, and if they don't get you there, they do a safe abort. Nothing but Welsh, respect for Welsh our... Uh, no, the dragon is... But Wales has, uh, has a dragon, dragon on yes. their... Uh, do you think... Hold on. Uh, what does this say about Elon Musk and, and SpaceX and, and naming their... Oh, no, wait. It's Bezos. Bezos has the dragon capsules. No, Which one has the dragons? Elon Musk has the dragon capsules. I was worried that we weren't going to have a title for our podcast, but there it is. Musk has the dragon capsules. <laughs> well, there you go. Look, there's going to be some time before somebody hears this, so who knows what the fuck Musk is going to do in the meantime. So let's not be on Team Musk too much, because he could ruin it for himself in the next no, two he's, days. He's tried, a, he's tried a few times, this whole... Uh... Whoops. Uh, I'll buy them at 420 and stuff like that. A bad joke and a In, violation of uh, FDA uh, yeah, law regulation. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, you can't it's just FDA. go ahead. What are we talking Not about? FDA, FDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FCC. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't just go ahead and say shit like that. No. It's like, because, uh, it's stock manipulation. Like not as much as the, oh, not as much yeah. as the. I believe it. No, I believe much as the mutton stock was manipulated ah! by Captain Gunshy. Yes, the leak futures were going through the roof, <laughs> and someone from Welsh is going to kill me for dragging out two <laughs> stereotypes in one sentence. After we, after we got away with it in episode four with Wasp by whatever his name is, Eric. Oh no, it was three people. Eric Frank and Russell did that That's one. That's the one. Yes. Hey, good on us for remembering our I'm, own I'm show. I'm amazed at your uh, recollection of. Thank you. Like. We all recall the tragic story of Laika, the space dog, mm. um, the, uh, the first living being launched into space by the, the Soviet space program. Yes. Well, supposedly, because we all know now that she was beaten to space by Gellert, the faithful hound from, from Wales. Saint Gellert? <laughs> He's the Welsh version of a, of a faithful hound story that occurs throughout Europe. There was Saint... Oh, I forgot what it was called in, uh, uh, in, in France. But, like, the story is, a knight comes home and he finds that uh, uh, his dog is in the, in the nursery and the baby isn't in the, uh, in the crib and the ah, nursery is yes. all torn up and, yes. the, and, the, and, the, and the dog has blood on his, on, on his face and he kills the dog. And then he finds his infant son is still alive, and there's a dead snake next to it. The, the dog had protected his uh, from the snake. From the snake. Was, yes. I believe there's even a, 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 a place or a bridge named after the well, Beth Gellert. I think a, it's, a lot uh, of it's bridges called. are named have dog stories, or sometimes even goats, and I guess in Welsh sheep again. Because <laughs> uh, it's like, it's usually there's an impossible chasm in front of which a bridge has to be built over. And uh, the, someone makes a deal with the devil. The deal is always oh. the first person to uh, to cross the bridge, their soul will be forfeit. Uh, and they so, like, so they build it, and then they chase a dog or a goat or whatever <laughs> it is across the bridge. <laughs> and then the devil's just like, oh, well, fuck like that. <laughs> well, the devil's not so usually so easily so easily pleased. Yeah. I know a story about a, a, a bridge in uh, in Ljubljana, the capital of uh, Slovenia, that I mm. had occasion to visit a few years ago. It has these it has these pillars with dragon sculptures on them, yeah. uh, and supposedly. Uh, the dragon uh, uh, moves and turns its head when a virgin crosses the bridge. So there's not a lot of that going on there. No. <laughs> they get on down in Ljubljana. Ah, well. Uh, Speaking of getting on. Getting it on. I'm down to my last two notes, none of which are going to really say that much about the ending. I've done pretty no. poorly on the preparing well, uh, my notes. The secret of the Martian moons is, of course, revealed towards the end of the book. Is it related to the... 
massive Martian, Martian mimosas, mimosas, or are we just leaving well, that on the on the table? Well, the massive Martian mimosas need to come from somewhere, and as that's I mean, true. I mean, mimosas like orange juice and champagne. Champagne, yeah. yeah also possible with vodka. No, then it's a screwdriver. Well, tell that to the... <laughs> so, I'm a wedding photographer sometimes, and at one point, a, a bride who was who had planned her wedding out loud asked, wait, what do brides do in the morning? And I, with my infant wisdom, was able to pipe up, traditionally, mimosas. Yes. And she immediately, very wisely, tasked one of her, uh, her maidens-in-waiting to go and, uh, uh, procure mimosas. And, and procure that. But this woman was under the impression that mimosas were made with hard vodka. So, now... <laughs> If it weren't for some very good communication that woo, that pulled the brake on that one, yeah. that would have been a very different wedding, I think. I can imagine, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, it's not, not like a slosh bride is that unusual at a wedding, but it's, <laughs> I guess she's not going to say no at that point. It's like, yeah. Speaking of brides, and I just brought up Slovenia, a country that I've only been to once, but which I really enjoyed. Uh, they have, a, they have a, 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 a fun wedding tradition where on the evening before, before the wedding, the, the groomsmen kidnap... I'm making air quotes here, kidnap right. the bride, the bride which take means... Take her out on the, on, on the lamb. Take her, yeah, take her out for yeah. an evening on the town, and they're her, uh, uh, they're her chaperones, and they will go wherever she wants to go, and they will pick up whoever she wants to pick up and, and yeah. hang out with, and they're responsible for ensuring that she has a good time. But they're, you know, officially, they've kidnapped her from, yes. uh, uh, from her fiancé. Her fiancé has to stay at home with her parents and just, and just stay in. And they send messages back and forth demanding a ransom from the fiancé. Right. If you want to see your bride again, you better pay us. It's essentially to cover the bill of taking right. her out. So, of course, the bill increases over the, uh, over the course of the evening. Yes, and he denies wanting to pay, but even though knowing that the price is going to go up. It's considered very poor form for the, uh, for the fiancé to... To give in right away. Yeah, because yeah. that just... Like, he's denying his, uh, his future wife an evening on the town. How did this work in the era before mobile phones and uh, SMSs? Oh, you had children, like you had little, oh, yeah, little runners going back. Yeah, and little forth. street yeah, urchins with sense. messages. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, like stop having a good time. Stop, send money. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so she wants to stop yeah, sending money? Stop, it's stop. Very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, but, I mean, at least it beats having like uh, uh, walkie-talkies. It was like, especially when you're trying to break up. It's like our relationship is over. over. Our relationship is what over? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so um, I'm gonna have to like dispose of these last two notes. All right, dispose away. So that that one's says popty ping, which is supposedly, it's not true, it's supposedly a Welsh word for a microwave, which is just oh, such ping. a great oh, idea yeah, that yeah. I wish it was true. Because I think a popty is actually a word for oven, and popty oh. ping would then thus be, but oh. then I was, I, was, I was told that it's not true, but oh, I insist that shame. it... Popty ping. I can't help but notice how little we've been talking about this book this whole time. The, okay, we've done well with the notes. The board is full of notes, which maybe we should just quickly remind our, our readers at home. Veronica, Popty Ping, Landfire, Anfire, sorry. What does this say? Captain Gunshy. Like, the last note that I have is, is, is related to the clickbait uh, uh, slogan oh, okay. that we have. Right, yes. Which is about the one weird trick that NASA doesn't want to, you to know about. Oh, that's obviously the the shortcut that they have to oh Mars. My God. It's the uh, you've got this. Well, if you launch in, if you launch into an L two orbit, and uh, that's the like, Lagrange point between that's the one uh, that trails I mean, behind I th Earth. I'm, I'm pretty sure it, like, it's something Mr. Wolheim made up, but it's clearly a focal point of the book. 
where uh, yeah. the NASA doesn't want you to know how easy it is to get them. And the Soviets figured it out. This is clearly evidenced by the two skeletons. And uh, the yes, flag. exactly. Uh, managing to it was so easy that they were embarrassed this to reveal quick it. little slingshot that'll get you to Mars. It only works when they're like when Mars and Earth are in uh, conjunction. Yeah, but, but considering the orbital periods of yeah, these of these plans, it's, it's like, like once every year and a half. And it, yeah, it just really speeds it up. And it's just a quick whip and snap around. And if, of course, it's only made possible by doing another uh, captive maneuver around the the, um, the the moons of Mars. Fortunately, of which there are there are five. Like turns that out, was the fun yeah. discovery because uh, when it was out, and that turns out to be the big secret of the Martian moons that it's really. Easy that it's to really use easy. Like it's, oh, you, you brought it home. To get there, and it's like you know, it's, it's easy to get there, and then you have to like do the little slingshot capture around Chiros uh, 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 and uh, Apropos. Yeah, renamed now Veronica and uh, Rhiannon. Uh, yes, and Chilernara. So, to answer the question, did man share the universe with a hidden and cunning foe? No. no, no. There were bats. They were pretty cool, but they're not hidden, and they're yeah. not cunning, and they're not really a foe. And they're, they're pretty much it's human. just other, yeah, other, other men. Other humans which have been adapted to the specific peculiarities of the Martian system. Yeah. And the explorers on Mars could not confirm their suspicion until two strange satellites revealed the shocking truth. Well, it was the two additional satellites around Mars, and then the third Earth. additional satellite even secreter uh, even secreter that turns out getting to mars really not a problem so no. we've all just been whining about it for nothing because this one weird trick that nasa doesn't want you to know about is how fucking easy it is to and get to mars once captain gunshy gets hold of it he gets like he sets up his uh, regular martian massive martian mimosa uh, transport uh, yes a uh, 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 whole sloshed and supplied with his favorite drink this book as much as it, it, it would be a disappointment to us in objective terms, because yeah. it, it doesn't really, like, it, you don't get out of it what you think you're going to get out of it, get it coming in, but that's such a great lesson. Like, this, is, this was trying to teach us about clickbait before mm. it even existed. Before like, the concept even got Yeah, around. don't get excited it's about like, the... Here, pay 50 cents, and now you know why you shouldn't fall for clickbait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because what, what is it really? Like, you go to a bookstore when there were still bookstores. Let's hope there's still bookstores by the time this episode comes out. And what do you do? You look at the covers, you read the reviews, you listen to what some, some extremely handsome, well-spoken gentleman on the internet supposedly tell you about what the book, book is about. Yes, absolutely. Right. Like, that's a mugs game. It is. I mean, I mean, to be honest, like, especially in the 70s and 80s, like, covers, especially science fiction and fantasy books, were just designed, they were meant to draw you into, like, yeah. they were only there to get you to pick it up and read the blurb, and that was then supposed to, like, get you yeah. interested in it. But they were well, the same was true for, like, LPs. Pretty album cover. Yeah, because yeah, the cover speaks to you. And yeah. so, I mean, this was a golden era for cover designers, mm. whose job was to create a cover that would captivate the attention of two dopes on the internet decades later and boy howdy did and it work out like half an hour podcast talking about this isn't it incredible it is amazing with that context with that historical context how do we rate this book because i'm sure that the ratings for the book at the time were all over the place but we know better now we know about the soviet skeletons and the welsh i mean i can, yeah. I can repeat everything we've, we've we've gone through but again okay. um i that didn't really work the last time so well, we can race it out of moons, out of five moons. Prior to the renaming, which of the the uh, the Martian moons do you think is is appropriate for this? Apropos, I would give it some lesbian gyros. <laughs> <laughs> to my great terror, my final fear has come true. Ah, 
right, got the uh, other one in there. Nice yeah. one. Speaking of reviews, uh, for our readers at home, we would love to hear what you thought, whether you listened or not, because you know that doesn't really matter. Uh, so drop us a line sometime. We're Cover My Ass Cast on Twitter and Facebook, if that's your thing. Or even better, leave a nice review on iTunes or wherever we get, you get your podcast, because we sure do appreciate your help. Now, Kay. What do you have in store for us next time? Next week, we'll be reviewing a book by John Hoover, and I'm sure a lot of readers at home will be able to relate to this. The book's called How to Live with an Idiot, <laughs> Clueless Creatures and the People Who Love Them. <laughs> and that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by your truthies. My name is Kaki, and I'm Kay. And remember, we, we only judge, judge a book by its cover. <laughs> <laughs>